Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guest as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of, right here on the Create Clarity with Charity Podcast. Hello and welcome to Create Clarity with Charity. I am so excited to have my guest, Jenny Blumenthal, the author, coach of Ditch the Corporate Hustle Culture and Thrive Again. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Charity. I'm really excited. This will be fun today. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on my show and it's been great getting to know you and I love what you're doing, really helping, um, you know, enlighten women in corporate and show them the light that there is other opportunities to greatness, right? That's right. <laughs> Yay. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about how you became the, you know, world-renowned coach and mentor to many in corporate and also wrote that amazing book and um, your journey as a coach and how it all came to be. Sure. Uh, well, I guess I could start where it, where it all began, um, a little bit about my background. So I grew up on a farm in Virginia, um, raised by parents who really taught me an incredible work ethic and how important it is to apply all of the gifts and the strengths that we have towards building things in the world. And I took that to heart and went out into the world and climbed the corporate ladder and, um, you know, made, made all of their wildest dreams come true in terms of being able to succeed in corporate America. Um, but I think that some of my story that I'll share with, with you today is a little bit more about what happened after I had climbed that ladder and realized there were parts of myself that I, I left behind in order to get ahead in my process of how I went to rediscover with those and reconnect with myself um, from there. Beautiful. That's quite the journey. And I know many women out in corporate America would really like to do exactly what you've done. So please share. Um, so like the interview process of three, I think you did a research project or it to help write your book, you interviewed 300 women in corporate. Yes. Yes. So what I had, what happened next was, um, as I climbed that ladder, decided to step off. It was the middle of the pandemic and I just trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I decided it was a good opportunity to really go a little bit deeper and understand what kept me trapped on that corporate ladder, uh, trapped by my own success to some extent and what I really wanted to do versus, you know, what I was um, feeling like I was doing day to day, the parts of my job I loved, the parts that were a drag. Um, and I really struggled to understand as a born consultant, <laughs> what problem are we solving? Yeah. Um, is this me that I'm just, you know, keeping myself stuck and have just been working too much um, and am I addicted to the validation of it or is this the environment that I'm in and what made this happen and and so as I started to share uh, more of my story with people um because I was at the precipice of taking on a big new job and all of a sudden just you know left um within four days notice so it was quite a oh, shock 
system, uh, both mine and the organizations, I suppose. Um, and as I shared more about my story and said, I just, I, I don't know what I'm doing next, but it's just not this anymore. I need a little bit more life in my life. Um, I started hearing from other women that were in the same position. And so I started collecting their stories. I had more people say, well, what's the process that you're going through now to kind of figure out what, what, you know, what kept you trapped and what to do next. And so I documented their stories and my process and that became this book, um, which is pretty exciting. And I'm doing leadership training on what I've learned, um, building on the 20 years of coaching other women uh, through their corporate climb um, and really all of the gems, I hope, of what I learned in the process and then everything that I've learned after, which I think that combination of uh, what it takes to succeed and what it takes to feel whole is really important in this next phase of the future of work. Yes, that's so key that kind of that evolutionary process of corporate having the heart-centered kind of, you know, purpose-driven workforce that feels fulfilled, right? Because there, there is a lot of unfulfillment in corporate and burnout, right? And and being able to, to give that, that toolbox that you've created with all these interviews. And I think it was like 20 years you were in corporate, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you have a lot of knowledge and experience on how difficult that can be because it really can destroy people. So I love what you're doing because it is really about giving back to other women that may not see the light immediately, but they know that they're completely miserable in their job. So what would you tell them right now? If they're listening to this and they're like, you know, I maybe I do need a cor corporate rehab coach. Like, what would you tell them if they're just kind of just complacent? I think the first step is really just listening to yourself and, and getting off the hamster wheel of going to the next set of activities, jumping into the next Zoom meeting and stopping and actually listening to how your body feels and what are the thoughts in your mind. And I say that it sounds really basic, but when we're hustling so much and we're caught up in the hustle culture, which is what the whole book is about, what happens is we actually disconnect from ourselves and our bodies are sending us signals constantly, right? So mm -hmm. it gets, um, you know, it sounds, it sounds like it's, you know, trying to tap into some inner knowledge, but really when it comes down to us, all of us have heard of the executive who finishes working and drops dead of a heart attack or the person who thought something was wrong and suddenly starts losing their hair, developing cancer. And the, the stories that I collected in the book were insane about how our bodies try to send us these messages and we just keep going. So I think mm -hmm. that's the first thing I would say is if there's something in your life that you can't quite explain that why you suddenly developed some sort of physical ailment or um, something that, that, feels off. One of the women profiled in the book actually started to throw up, um, but only Monday through Friday. And she did it for <laughs> a year and a half. Right. And so, you know, when we talked, we kind of joked that like, geez, you think your body's trying to send you a message. So I think that's the first thing. Um, and the second thing is really just paying attention to what your mindset is, you know, how do you feel on a Sunday night? Are you really excited about the week ahead? Uh, a little trepidatious maybe, but excited about a project or a meeting you're going to have, or are you really filled with dread? Um, and yeah. I think those are the types of things that help us understand, you know, where we actually are. And then the next piece of it, and what I can help with in corporate rehab is understanding what part of that is you um, and keeping yourself trapped versus what part of it is the environment um, and how to make that decision of what to do next. 
Yes, that is so key. Awareness is number one, right? Becoming aware. Um, I kind of stuffed that for years. I was aware. It was like turmoil internally, you know, and it's, I worked corporate for 15 years and that was like, it broke me. I did. I had, I had a collapse. I had a burnout. I had to do something or it was going to kill me. I literally internalized everything and like imploded because of the stress and the unfulfillment and just the, you know, the constant fight all the way to the top. So that's, that's awesome. And I, I think it's brave for a lot of women to finally take their life back. Right. So during COVID and during like this transitional period, so many women have jumped ship. Why do you think it's the majority women and not men? Well, I write about this a little bit in the book. So I have some perspectives as, as I started to research and make sure that the process I took was really backed up by the neuroscience and, and leadership philosophies. What I found is that women are actually extra susceptible to the hustle culture. And some of that is based on the way, you know, we are conditioned in, in the way you grew up, the way society treats you. Um, some of that is actually structural in terms of the actual roles that we play. So Caregiving is number one, um, where that becomes, if women are the default caregivers, the research shows that in a uh, heterosexual marriage or partnership, men take on 20 hours less of work uh, in that in that partnership doing caregiving. So a woman's working her 60, 80 hours, hopefully it's 40. I haven't really talked to that many people <laughs> that, have, that have that just nine to five but they're working their regular hours and then they're coming home and they're doing 20 hours of either caregiving, whether that's actually taking care and feeding of children or whether that's running a household with all of the things that that comes with. Um, and, and often as we're finding that also includes the sandwich generation that you know 55% of the people in their forties have caregiving responsibilities for both an, an elder in their family and um, someone younger. And so that's pinching as well. So I think that's the first thing that really makes women more susceptible to this and, and really in more need of it is because we're feeling burnout both at work and at home, um, I think is the main thing. And the numbers, as you mentioned, don't lie. You know, 53% mm -hmm. of female executives are feeling burnout right now, but 78% of all employees, when you think about that, that's just a staggering number. This is not an isolated um, you know, element. So it's it's already there's workplace stress. And then you add the caregiving burden um, on top of that. And that's the things kind of in the external outside of us. But then the things internal are things like our mindsets that, you know, we have these limiting beliefs that sometimes are running actions for us in the background that we're, we're unaware of things like I'm not enough, you know, things mm -hmm. like if I get to this next level, then I'll have more control over my time and therefore I won't have to feel so vulnerable. And it's really getting, bringing those things that are in your subconscious into the conscious mind and deciding whether they're still serving you or not. So I think those are the types of things that, that I see often plaguing women so much more than men. Yeah. And with that being said, I mean, I think that you know, knowing, feeling like you're safe, it's time to jump. Like that's the fear factor is like holding everyone back. Yes. Right. So it's like, yeah, I'm feeling this way and I know it, but I'm just going to grin and bear it and kind of just keep grinding. Right. And like keep showing up, but it, literally inside, it's just killing me. So, you know, for most women that haven't lost their jobs that are just waiting for that right time, when is the right time? 
Yeah, that's such a personal question. It's only, you know, that the irony of that is you're the only one that can know that, right? I would say off the bat, um, number one, if you're in a situation where there's abuse in a workplace, we're seeing a ton of workplace trauma right now. Um, that's probably been going on for years, but, you know, coming to the fore, that's a that's a, a deal breaker. Like that is something you absolutely need to get out of, whether it's racially motivated, discrimination, sex abuse. Obviously, those are fraud, all of the things that would be obvious, but there's things that are, are a little bit more insidious in terms of microaggressions and things that were called out in the McKinsey report about why women are breaking up with work. So I think that's the first thing is that that's kind of a, a deal breaker. Um, yeah. But then beneath that, I think some of it is really just understanding, um, you know, what is the right trade-off for you in terms of what are the things that are keeping you there? And what are the things you hope to get when you leave? And actually 50% of the women that I work with wind up staying in corporate, but have found a different role in that company, have found a different boss, have found a different company to work with that more aligns with their values. So sometimes it's not about leaving corporate altogether. It's really about getting really intentional about those decisions. So what is it specifically that you're getting away from? Is it time boundaries that have been broken? Is it a toxic boss? or maybe a microculture that you really need to change that situation? Do you find yourself taking on more responsibilities to try to be helpful and to be you know, the one who's always the right-hand person and that's actually contributing to, you know, the, the amount of time and you're feeling that burnout, really looking at, you know, what is it that you're actually dealing with will then help you figure out some of that root cause of, is it time boundaries or energy boundaries that you can put in place? Can you switch those jobs or look for, you know, a different one that's going to be more aligned with your values? And then on the other side of things, looking at, you know, what you hope to get in that next role. I have heard from a lot of women that have said, oh, I'll just get this next job and the grass isn't greener because they've brought all of their mindsets and patterns right into this next role. What mm -hmm. you're staying in corporate or an entrepreneur. And so a lot of the work that I do with my entrepreneurs is really, you know, really breaking down some of those mindsets and patterns so that we can get out of our own way and, you know, lead as the CEO of your own business, but not drag that baggage into it. So I think those are the two things that I really counsel the most to look at is what are you looking to leave and what are you hoping to gain and getting some real clarity around that before you move. Yes, clarity is key and having that vision because we all get kind of stuck in the mad cycle when we're feeling that, you know, that we forget what is the vision of greatness for us? Like what would a perfect work environment feel like, right? Like, and so I love that. Just bringing the clarity to the forefront um, is super key. So I know you've spent like, um, you know, a couple years on building this amazing program, coaching coaching business and um, you have some really key insights. I'm here on your website, corporate-rehab.com. And is are your coaching packages on here? They are, yes. So I have um, three different co coaching packages that I do. One is on there right there, the Reset, Rehab and Rise. Reset is just for women who are looking to do a quick pivot out of where they are now get a resume refresh that's really reflecting what are their anchors in terms of things they will not compromise on and what are their strengths. You know, often you need a partner to help you really clarify 
what is it that you lead with? What do you want to be known for? And what is the goodness under all of those tasks and KPIs we get cold on that you really want to put out there to attract the right next position? So that's really what Reset is. Rehab goes through the six steps of my rehab framework. Um, so it's recognizing the context for your life and values, um, evaluating your energy, your time, your patterns, H stands for healing across mind, body, and spirit. Arise is grow and take on either new skills or play or strengths that you can actually step into once you've let go some of those limiting patterns and beliefs. And then build is all about building a roadmap of all of the changes that you'd like to make within your work and your life. Um, because most of us are trying to do this as we're also running teams and running households. And it's helpful to have really um, a little path as to, to what to do next, which is what I wish I would have had when I left. So I built it for others. Um, yeah. And then my rise packages are really focused on my female entrepreneurs as they pivoted out of corporate. They're trying to get their companies either started or grow to the three to $5 million level. And we help to really focus that piece there. Love that. Yes. Those are, and then you also do keynote speaking and exec go in in-house to corporate and help kind of re-steer their culture and help them yes. create a more heart-centered, purposeful environment so people don't suffer from the real effects of burnout, which is a real condition. And it's almost, you know, um eating everyone alive at this point after COVID and during COVID. And so that, that brings up another thing. I know a lot of people suffered during COVID and they also jumped ship. And I know that you were doing some soul searching while you're, you know, trying to hold the ship down for all the executives you worked with and, you know, talking them off the ledge and, you know, also trying to take care of your family. Let's talk about that heavy hitting time where people were just kind of just deflated and like, you know, losing hope. Yes. So, um, and I know I'd shared a little bit about this when we were chatting before, you know, when I started this whole internal process for context, it was 2020. I was leading a $250 million business unit. I was actually consulting and coaching, you know, a team of 300 people that were deployed within the travel and hospitality industry, which, you know, at that point was really struggling with planes grounded and hotels empty. Um, and it was so purposeful trying to help them figure out to, how to get new jobs, those types of things. But to your point, I had so many clients and colleagues who had done something their whole lives and were now, you know, really bereft and trying to rebrand and not understand what was coming next. And so it was a really tense time, but I also felt so much purpose in it. And what happened next is the new fiscal year for the firm started and we went right back to, okay, get out there and send, sell $10 million projects and, um, and manage a P&L. And it just, it lacked that same level of purpose that I had rediscovered within the pandemic. Um, yeah. And set against that backdrop, I probably had a little voice inside me for about 10 years saying, I don't know if this is really what you're meant to do. And I, like so many of us do, I just said, well, I'll just climb the ladder faster and then I can listen to that voice or I'll get secure in my in my career and then I can go volunteer you know, on Sundays or what have you. Um, and I think the more I got, the further up I got, 
the louder that voice began to speak. And so reconnecting with some of that purpose during pan the pandemic, and then uh, really getting to rediscover the four people in this house, you know, my two kids, my husband with his own career, my relationship with myself that I had neglected for some time. Um, we were doing all the things of hustling on soccer sidelines and hustling in our jobs and hustling with all the social activities. Mm -hmm. And with that quiet, it gave us a chance to kind of look within. Um, and, and the final piece of that, um, there were a couple of things leading up to that, but one of the final elements was um, a couple of, of months into the pandemic, our neighbor unfortunately passed away and, and dropped dead uh, suddenly. And I remember walking with my daughter just around the block in one of those pandemic walks for in the middle of the school day. Um, and we passed his car and it was just this still life of an uninterrupted or an interrupted life of this paper strewn across the front seat, a half drunk water bottle. And, um, and it was one of those wake up calls that boy, at some point, you know, I'm going to not be here, whether that's at the firm or whether that's, you know, on earth. And I'm, am I going to be happy with what I've left behind? And the answer for me was no. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really a wake up call. And as you mentioned, I think COVID gave all of us a chance to really look within and say, is the way I'm living my life the way I want to live it? And then fast forward to now, everything's back open and we're you know, being pulled to, to put up really strong fourth quarter results or have aggressive growth targets for a two-year roadmap ahead of us in our jobs when we've just come through a two years that's been really difficult, right? And so mm -hmm. I think it's an invitation to pause and say, am I still going to be making these intentional choices for the next two years about the way I actually want to live my life? And if not, what are the shifts I can make, whether I choose to leave my job or not, that actually protects some of that piece? Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it was really a time for reflection. And during, during that time, did you have mentors or coaches that were kind of help guiding you through this process of recognizing your purpose and really kind of taking your life back and deciding that, you're going to flip the switch? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think I over-indexed on mentors and coaches who kept me firmly on the ladder. And I'm grateful for so many of the lessons that they taught me in my corporate career. But so many of those lessons were completely unhelpful when I actually wanted wholeness. Um, I do remember one of my um, mentors who I still am in touch with to this day, who was very balanced um, and very whole about his leadership. Um, and sometimes that hurt him. He was removed from positions for not, you know, for posting big numbers, but maybe not the biggest number and actually creating wholeness on the team. And I remember at the time respecting his decisions, but also lamenting, how do you lead like that and then still get rewarded? And so he was a resource for me once I left um, of actually saying, you know, I wish I had realized that this was something you wanted and I would have tried to help you with that career path, which I thought was, was really admirable. Um, and then really, as I started to go down this path of adding the wholeness to the rest of my life, so much of it was a self-discovery journey. I had um, a ton of people who are writers and coaches in this space that I really started to um, follow like Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle and um, and Adam Grant on the organizational psychology side and you know really trying to get a better sense of 
what this combination of, um, of leaders will tell me because I wanted the Brene Brown principles, but I wanted them set in the Jeff Bezos corporate America and yeah. the reality of these unwritten rules. Um, and, and that's really why I wrote the book because I couldn't find something that recognized the reality of both. Um, one woman yeah. I interviewed said, um, boy, I, I love Brene's work on vulnerability, but in our culture, if you show any vulnerability, you will be eaten by the wolves. There will not be one hair left. And I thought, you know, boy, that's a great quote because it's so true that like yeah. it's really hard to practice this stuff if you're in a culture that does not reward vulnerability, but instead shuts it down. And so I think mm -hmm. that's, that was the challenge of trying to, to piece together all of these coaches and mentors who would help me on this path. Um, I also discovered therapy for the first time in my life at 42, and I'm a huge believer in it, all kinds, whether that's talk therapy, acupuncture, um, you know, doing, doing uh, meditation and mindfulness. There's so many ways we can actually just tap back into our bodies um, to relieve some of the stress that we've been through um, and actually lead ourselves better. But I would say it's a, it's a combination of a number of different coaches and, uh, and leaders in this space that I wound up following. That's awesome. I love that. So through all the research and the development and the, the pitfalls and the wins, what, you know, what is really, do you want the audience to know that will resonate with them when they walk away with this podcast or your book? You know, what is the, the key nugget to being able to take your, your life back and kind of steer it in a direction that feels more fulfilling? I think the, the main thing is that really recognizing the impact that the hustle culture has on your life um, and deciding to take back that ownership so that you can be the author of your next chapter is the key thing I'd like to leave the listeners with. Um, the, the, I think the interesting thing is sometimes we hold the hustle culture in place. Sometimes our companies or our situations around us hold the hustle culture in place. But the reality is, is you have a lot of the answers and the power within yourself to actually shift some of that and put yourself back in the driver's seat, which I think is so hopeful and inspiring. You know, I'm not here to yeah. tell you that you, you have to buy my five-step framework or you have to go, you know, back and get an MBA or you have to do these other things that might be really, you know, um, like longer and, and more intense. Really what you have to do is just be quiet and listen to yourself, really tap back into some of the answers that are within you that are really hard to hear when we're hustling for our worth outside of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times I call it the corporate matrix. I mean, there's just lies embedded in there about belief systems, about how we need to react and respond as women in corporate and power positions. And, you know, um, it, it's just been a struggle for a lot of women to be able to get the respect and acknowledgement and the pay that, you know, that their male counterparts are. That's so, right. you know, what are the lies do you think that we need to resolve from within about careers for our younger listeners? Because I have a lot of younger entrepreneurs yeah. that, you know, out there and they're just getting out of high school or going into college and graduating. What would you tell them about that? Yeah, I think the first one is you can have it all and you can have it all at the same time and in the same measure. I think you can have all of the things you want to go after, but there are intentional trade-offs. 
I think when, um, you know, our mothers and grandmothers might have said those things that we won these seats at the table, that was true. But the trade-offs, I think that what we trade in exchange for that seat at the table weren't transparent because there frankly weren't enough women in those seats to have enough examples of what that looks like. And so what you see is, you know, a first wave of women in the workplace that had to make some really, really tough trade-offs. Um, and I don't know how well that worked out. That might have gotten them a CEO spot, but it might have cost them, you know, some wholeness in their life or a certain role in their life that they wish was a little bit different. So I think that's the first thing is just being conscious about what some of those trade-offs are. My hope is that now that we're have more women in leadership roles and, you know, people like what, me with the book and other people that are talking about what are the realities at this level that, that younger women as they're coming up can actually make some of those informed trade-offs. I think that's the first lie. Um, mm -hmm. The second lie, unfortunately, I think is one that Sheryl Sandberg unwittingly told us, um, which is just lean in further. You know, it's, it's, you're the one that can solve all this. And if you just lean in even harder, then you'll be able to make it and with all these trade-offs. And I believe she believed it at the time. So no disrespect to past versions of ourselves that believe something in in um in, in one time frame and then reserve the right to change their minds as they get older and wiser. But I think it really set a lot of women on a path of it's all on me. And I'm the one who can't figure out the 25th hour of the day. And if I just work even harder and lean in even more, then I'll get the respect. Um, and I think that works. But the challenge is we're still set within this male-dominated corporate hierarchy that is very patriarchal, that is set up for your 1950s grandfather who went to work with a briefcase and had a stay-at-home <laughs> spouse, right? And, and here we are trying to shove ourselves in here with modern technology and being on calls at six in the morning with, you know, Shanghai and 10 o'clock at night at Indi in India. And, you know, I'm thinking specifically about um, technology. And it doesn't work, you know, our grandfathers didn't have to do that. And we're still acting as if, well, gee, why don't you just lean in even harder? And so I think that's a, another big lie is that, you know, if it's not working, you are the problem. I don't think that's the case. I don't think the modern workplace works for women. And so some of this work is about us changing that, changing what the, the workplace rules are, changing how we show up, but also just bringing our whole selves to work. I mean, I think the next phase of work is in the future of work, all of these hard skills that are so rewarded in today's hierarchies are going to be table stakes. Like if you can't read financial statements, if you can't build a technology system, like, okay, that's that's pretty much table stakes. What's gonna get to that next level is where's your collaboration? Where's your empathy? Where's your ability to solve tough problems for the world and bring that into your company? That's the thing that's actually gonna set work apart in the future. Um, so those are the types of things I think we're, we're made to feel that, you know, you can do it all and there's no trade-offs. And we're also made to feel like we are the problem. And I don't believe that. I think that there's actually great hope for these next generations, um, but it's not only on their shoulders. It's up to all of us. When you think about, this is the first time we've had a multi-generational workforce of five generations in one workplace. We've got boomers that are in incredible amounts of power. You've got Gen Xers that are the next piece. And you've got, you know, millennials and, and Gen Zs with great perspectives on what purpose and meaning could be in work. And it's time for the, those groups to come together and figure out how can you lend your political capital to someone who actually just thinks differently? What kind of amazing cultures could we recreate with that? 
um, if we're open to it. So those are some of the mm -hmm. lies that I'd like us to see um, busted by these next generations. Yes, that is so true. And that's my hope for everyone too, because there definitely needs to be a corporate overhaul in, in leading the masses, right? And right. really making people the priority instead of the profits. First, the people and really giving back. So where can we find more information? I have a couple of your sites up here. Let's let the audience know uh, where they can find your book. Um, any, you know, um, special events you might be holding or masterminds or sure. let's just take them around on a little tour on yeah. where we that can find great. your stuff. Well, the first one that I know you have up right now is Amazon's the easiest place to get the book right now. It'll also be available in retailing stores um, after the new year. So I'm excited about that piece, but it corporate rehab, ditch the hustle culture and thrive again is the place to go um, for Amazon. And then really my website should be a one-stop shop for everything else. It's corporate-rehab.com. Um, you can see my latest posts there. You can see where I'm very active on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram um, and Facebook and actually coming on TikTok as well. Um, so I like to post routinely to give you know free advice and perspectives to those who need it. Um, and then really the website has all of the coaching packages, some of the speaking engagements and events that I'm doing. Um, and then I'll also be doing um, a couple more free worksheets that should be available here in the next uh, the next couple of months um, and launching some additional masterminds in the new year. So stay tuned. If you sign up on the website, you'll be the first to be notified when those go live. But I'm really excited about expanding the, the message of corporate rehab to just more and more people. Yes, that's really a gift. It's really a gift. People tapping into their inner fitness and, you know, restructuring their purpose um, with purpose. So I, I really love it. So everyone out there, I really hope you go check out Corporate Rehab, um, Ditch the Hustle Culture and Thrive Again on Amazon and check out Jenny on all the social links and of course her website. So it was a real pleasure having you as a guest today, Jenny, and um, love to follow up with you and have you on again. So absolutely, I hope everyone got a golden nugget out of this amazing <laughs> interview. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me, Charity. I really appreciate it. And all that you're doing to help bring clarity to everyone as well. Thank you. We'll chat soon. Sounds Bye. Good. Bye. Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guests as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of right here on the Create Clarity with Charity podcast.